Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Foundations Podcast, September 18, 2016. Hello there, and welcome to the FC Podcast. My name is Bobby. I'm stoked to hang out with you this week. Before we get to the sermon, here's what's happening right now at Foundations Church. Okay, so the man breakfast is still October 1st at 8 a.m., and it's free as a bird in a popular rock song. I hope you like breakfast food, because if not, your character will be called into question. That same weekend is Sunday Fun Day, October 2nd. That's right, Sunday Fun Day. It's a carnival, and it's also as free as water in a rainstorm, so treat yourself to a ludicrous, not the rapper, amount of family fun, including a petting suit. Remember, kids, it's insulting to call a mini horse a pony. Last but not least, the Women's Bible Study will be every Tuesday night till October 18th at 6 p.m. right here at FC. As always, you can find all these things on the Facebook page or on our app in the App Store. Just check to make sure it's us and not that other Foundations Church. Yes, we do kind of feel like that kid in class who had the really common name, so consequently had to go by a number throughout high school, but it's too late for that now. All right, that's it. I humbly present to you the second best captain of the Starship Enterprise, after Jean-Luc Picard, of course. Good morning, good morning, Foundation Church. Um, A couple things before we get into our message today. The first thing is this. We have had some confusion on downloading the Foundation Church app. And so let me tell you, you need to make sure when you download the Foundation Church app, it's the second Foundation Church, and it says Foundation Church slash Tulsa. Um, So make sure you download that one because the other one says we have service at 830 and I'm not ready to preach at 830 yet. So um, you can come pray. Hey, you come in the worship team will be going. But um, so make sure you download our app because all of our announcements, all of our sermons, podcasts, all that goes right to our app. But just make sure you download the right one. Some of you who haven't been here in a while is like, what? We have an app? Um, We have an app for that. So um, anyways, um, and then the second Second thing, second thing is this, the first Sunday in October, the first Sunday in October, I'm not going to tell you the date because it'd be like October what? The first Sunday in October, um, we are having what we call Sunday Fun Day here at Foundations Church. Um, we believe Sundays should be fun days. This should be like your favorite day of the week because you get to go to church, you don't have to go to church. And so, we, one of our values here is that we believe found people find people. And we want to make it super easy for you to be a found person who finds people, who invites people to come to a place where they can hear a message that will change their life. October 2nd is that day. You can invite people next week too. But October 2nd is our Sunday fun day. We will be having free food. We will have Josh's snow shack. We will have pony rides for the kids. Sorry, adults. I know. I want to ride a pony and have my feet dragged. Um, but there'll be a petting zoo. There will be inflatables. It's all free. It's all free. You just got to get your people here. It'll all be on the North Lawn. Sunday, fun day, October 2nd. Let's blow this place up. Um, it'll be happening. All the events will be happening after both services. So you don't have to be like, oh, I've got to come to second service so those events will no 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 it will be happening after both services so first service let's blow this thing up and invite your friends invite people that you want to to come and you've just been looking for that right moment and that right opportunity and I gotta tell you um I could talk about this for a long time but um we're gonna be starting a series that day that is entitled I love God but and it's going to be really good because all of you have had that line used on you. I love you, but, you know, and dot, 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 dot. It's not you, it's me. You know, I'm just not ready for commitment. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. Um, I'm just not ready to commit. And so, woo, I'm ready. Um, anyways, today I want to talk to you in our Facebook theology series about the like button 
and your self and your identity crisis. Your like the like button and your identity crisis. How many? Most of us know what the like button looks like, and I think we have a picture up there. Um, yes, most of us know this. And can I tell you, that is a powerful, powerful thing in Facebook lingo. Um, as you and I are on social media, and we're on Facebook, and we're on Instagram, or we're on Twitter, or whatever. You may still be like way back on MySpace. I have no idea why you would be there, but uh, maybe you're still trolling around. Um, but you, you, you post things on social media. Most of us, if we were to be real honest, okay? So this means we have to be honest, because some guys can be like, I don't, I don't do that, I don't, I don't do that, liar. Um, we'll talk about lying in a few weeks. When you post on social media, you post, and your hope is when you're making these posts, you will get likes. You'll get the thumbs up button, yeah, like that, or even the heart button, yes. You'll get some comments, you know, we, so we take pictures, we take comments, and we phrase things in a certain way, and for the hopes, hoping that we will get likes, and, and this is taken, like, like people are obsessed with this stuff right now on social media. Like if you get 30 likes on one of your, you're like, this is a great day, it's a great day. I got 30 likes on social media, you know, on, on Facebook or on my Instagram picture. I, 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 it must have been a great picture. People really like me today, and, and um, uh, we, 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 if, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we start getting our value from people we don't even know. Like, you don't know half those people that are your friends on Facebook. Be honest. You're just like, sure. You know, you, you know you're not selling Ray-Bans and Oakleys at a discounted price, and you're not a porn site, so you can be my friend. You know, just being real honest. You're just like, I don't know if I know you're not, but hey, you're mutual friends. We're good. Here, here's the deal. This, this is taken on such a, a likes, getting likes, getting likes has, has taken and become such a big monster that I started Googling things. So I Googled, I Googled, I did research myself. If you Google how to make chocolate chip cookies, how to make chocolate chip cookies, there will pop up, as of yesterday, this may have changed some today, but as of yesterday, there will pop up 7,790,000 different results about how to make chocolate chip cookies. I'm like, do you really need 7 million results um, to tell you, if, if you Google how to get in better shape, there are 18,900,000 million, 18 results about how to get in better shape. If you Google how to change oil in your car, you'll get over 28 million results. How to apply for college, which is a pretty important thing, you will get over 811 million different results on Google, which is kind of an important thing. I'm like, okay, we're kind of making some more significant searches than how to make chocolate chip cookies. If you Google how to apply CPR, how to save somebody's life, you will get 23 million different results. But if you Google, I'm not lying, if you Google how to get more likes on Facebook, you will get 1 billion 220 million results. And here's the deal. Chocolate chip cookies have been around forever, right? Like how to play, apply CPR is important and it's one of the least like Google's results that you can get. Like how to change your oil in a car, that's, that's yeah, yeah, cars. Facebook has been around 12 years and there are over one billion results about how to get more likes on I could not, I did the whole selfie research. I could not do, how do you get more? It just felt too desperate to me. I just couldn't do it. I didn't want to put those type of weapons in your hands um, as your pastor. I felt there was some obligation. But, but here's the deal, and if I'm just to be really honest this morning, 
After Sunday when I'm done speaking and I go home or, um, and I'm having my second cup of coffee because afternoon coffee, coffee is my favorite coffee in the day. Um, if I'm, I, just, I just get on Facebook and I see what people have said about church or said about the message or you know, reposting re things about what happened in church and I'm liking who checked in and, and who said this and who said that and it makes me feel good. I, I, just being real honest. It feels great to get a that a boy, you know. Man, that was a great message, Pastor Justin. That was this, that was that. It makes me feel good, but, but I have to be really, really careful. Because if I'm not careful, I can think my messages are good based on the likes that I get. And I can start preaching messages to make people like them instead of preaching messages that God has called me to preach. And many of us, that's where we're living our life. We are living our life trying to get people to like us. Not, not on social media, but in the game of life. Just, just life in general. To get people to like us. And, and our, our value is increased when we get praise and it's decreased when we get criticism. And as a result, in this place, I'm not just talking... Here, here's where, where we become as an adult. We think, oh, this doesn't apply to me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 65 years old in this place. My dad turned 65 today, actually. Today is his birthday, September 18th. Um, he turned 65 today. And, and he could sit here, and he'll be in second service because he was at the OU game last night. See, I still call it the OU game. Um, got whooped. Um, he could sit here in this building and say, oh, oh, this, you know, that, that, no, it still affects them. We want people to like us. We do. We, we want people to give us thumbs up we, in, in, in life. And it's, it's crazy to me that you and I, our, our value literally goes up or down based on what people are saying about us. And as a result, we have had and we have come to as a society an identity crisis. We do. There's a, there's a reason there is something called a midlife crisis. It's because we get into our 40s. What? 40s and new 20s. No, it's not. It's still 40. Um, we get into our 40s. <laughs> when we get into our 30s and we get into our 50s and we're like, well, what, what, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing? You know, and we have an identity crisis. Let me read you what an identity crisis is. Identity crisis defined simply means a state of an individual not believing in themselves or not knowing their real selves. And there's a lot of us here, and you're not just a mid-high, mid-high or a high schooler or a college student. You don't know your real self because you've been placing your value in other people's hands. And today, I want to help us get past the identity crisis within the church. Because as followers of Christ, we are having identity crisis. We, are, we don't know who we are. We don't know what our value is. And as a result, because we don't know our true selves and we don't know the value of who we really are, it's affecting our parenting. It's affecting and crippling and destroying marriages in this church and all over the world. We aren't being the effective followers of Jesus Christ. We aren't living these big, joyful lives because we don't know who we are. We're in the midst of an identity crisis. And if you're gonna know and you're gonna get past having an identity crisis, and, and today I have two points that are just like, bam, they are good. The first thing you need to know is this, your identity has to be in Christ instead of your likes. Your identity, who you are, your true self, not knowing their real selves, your real self, your true identity, has to be in Christ and not in your likes. This past week, I posted a picture of my youngest daughter, Chloe. She wore this little like mustache and had like her eyebrow up. And um, I posted on Instagram and Facebook and she's like, how many likes do I have, Dad? How many likes do I have? 
I go, well, let me look, Chloe. I didn't know this was a big deal or I wouldn't have posted this, you know? And I was like, okay, you got 10 likes on Instagram. Oh, wow! You know, she's like, I got, I got 10 likes? Man, people really like that picture. <laughs> I'm like, absolutely, babe. You know, you just, you're just, how many, how many likes do I get on Facebook? And so we kind of got to the, you know, a day went by and she goes, hey, dad, hey, dad, how many, how many Facebook and Instagram likes do I have together? I go, well, Chloe, let me, let me see here. And I'm not the, I'm not the accountant at the church. Praise God. Um, <laughs> we, we, get, we get there and I'm like, okay, you have 112 likes together. Are you kidding me? Are you? And she takes around running a circle. People like me, people like me. <laughs> and we laughed and I'm just like, Chloe, that's thinking hilarious. But can I tell you, we do the same thing. It's just... Not necessarily on Instagram and Facebook. When we get our value based on who likes us, we get our identity based on what other people are saying about us. On, well, does this person like me? Does this group of people like me? Do they approve of me? And can I tell you how crazy, how crazy, you, you would never tell your child this, parent, Hopefully you have never told your child this, parent. You are who other people say you are. You know, your, your value really only comes from what other people tell you your value is. No, how messed up is that? So you're gonna say my value and my identity is based on how somebody is feeling about me. That's, that's nutso. That's, that's just not, that's not any, it's not even biblical. But we're doing that as followers of Christ. We're letting this, we're allowing this world to tell us who we are. And we're finding our identity based on what the world likes instead of who we are in Christ. Can I tell you, you will always have an identity crisis. You will always struggle with your value. You will always struggle to find your true self, your real self, if you think your, your, your identity is in your stuff. We talked about this, I, I think it was two weeks ago. No, it was last week, excuse me. Talked about the blessed life, hash brown blessed life. And we talked about, you know, um, that, that we think the blessed life has come about our possessions. It's not about what you have. It's not your stuff. Your, your blessing is in his presence. And you aren't a success and you aren't a failure based on your bank account. You're not all of a sudden important because you live in a big house. You're not uh, godly because you're rich and you're not godly because you're poor. It's just stuff. It was never meant to define you, to create an identity for you based on what you drive or based on what house you live. Man, that is not your identity. That's not who God intended for you to say, oh, this is who I am because this is what I drive. No, 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 no. You... That, that's not where our identity is found. Can I tell you, your situation is not where you and I were, were meant to find our identity. Man, man, you're gonna go through tough times. James said there's going to be trials of many kind. You're going, just because you're going through a trial doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. Just because you're going through a difficult period of time and you're going through the valley of life right now doesn't mean God hates you and you aren't important and you're not loved and you're not one of his favorites. No, 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 no. Your situation was never meant to define you. It was never meant to create your value or your identity. And I will tell you, other people were never meant to create your identity or your value. They weren't. We, we get this confused because in mid-high, we had the cool table, right? I mean, everybody wanted to be at the cool table, at the lunch table. And you're like, I, can I sit? No, you can't sit here. Okay, I'm not one of you anymore, and I'm sitting over here with no one. Um, other people were never meant to give you your identity, whether they like you or not. If you look at the, if you really go study the Gospels, if you read the Gospels, do you know what? Jesus never called you to be liked, now, now, 
Now, some of you are like, yes, it's okay to be a jerk. No, 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 no. God didn't call you to be a jerk either. But if you look at Jesus' life in the Gospels, people hated him. They, they, and it was the religious people, right? I mean, it was, it was the church people. It was the synagogue rulers and the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Let's be real honest and transparent about it. It was the religious people that everybody was trying, and they hated Jesus. But the thing that was amazing about him is that it didn't affect his identity. It didn't affect his value because he knew who his heavenly father said he was. And if you and I are gonna have a correct identity, we gotta know who we are in God. And that means we've gotta know what the Bible says we are. So for all of you type A personalities, get your pencil out, get your pen out, get a piece of paper out, because I'm getting ready to throw down about what the Bible says you are. Not what I say, something that is consistent, something that is the same yesterday, today, and forever, something that can be a bedrock to your life, because emotions aren't truth tellers. Man, emotions will lie to you. You may feel this way, but you've got to say, no, 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 no. I may feel this way. This may be what somebody says I am, but here's what the Bible says I am. Here's what the Bible says, and here's who, who we are, and we need to understand who we are in Christ. We are forgiven. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, in Christ we are set free by the blood of his death, and so we have forgiveness of sins. How rich is God's grace? You aren't your mistake. You are, your identity is, I am forgiven. I am a new creation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are new. You are a child of God. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. You are a chosen people. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you, mo you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. When you understand that you are his masterpiece and created for good things, it's a game changer. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Who are you? You are an extension of Jesus Christ. John 15 verse 5 says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. You are the extension. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing. In Christ, I am a friend of God. Romans 15 chapter 11 says, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has made us friends of God. Who are you in Christ? You are the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. You are free. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 through 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. In Christ, you are more than a conqueror. Romans 8 chapter verses 1, uh, Romans 8 verses 35 through 38 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Your circumstances don't define you. As it's written, for your, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. That's who I am in Christ. That's my identity. It's not in my situation. It's in my Savior. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any power, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ Jesus, do you know who you are? You are greater. 
First John chapter four, verse four says, you are, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That's who you and I are. That's who our identity, is. that's what it is. And when we, when we understand who we are in Christ, who the Bible says we are, who God says we are, what it says we are, what our value is, man, it is a game changer. And some of you, you have listened to your parents and they were abusive. You've listened to other people. You've listened to peers. You've listened to situations. You've listened to possessions. And it's all said, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. This is, and none of that is who you are. Listen to what these 11 things, these 11 separate scriptures, and there are so many more in there of what God says you are. And when you get your identity in Christ and not in your likes, it is a game changer because once you know who you truly are, you're real self, that's the moment you can step into your purpose. And that's what all of us are looking for. Can I tell you why this is such a, a, a big message to me this morning? It's because everybody I know wants their life to count. And we want to make it, we want it to matter. When we get older, we talk about leaving a legacy for our kids. When we're parents and we've got kids, we're like, man, I need to make it count and be the best parent I can be for my kids. And when we're in college and we're young professionals and we're single and and we're in high school, we just want to make a difference in this world. And all of us want to make a difference, but you will never step into your purpose as long as you don't know your identity. But once you know your identity, man, now you can step in your purpose. And your life can now have significance. Because the second thing I would tell you is this. Your significance comes from obedience, not popularity. And that is really good. Your significance, adult, your significance comes from your obedience, not from popularity, not from being liked. You know, we, we idolize, as a society, we idolize Hollywood. You know, that's why there's TMZ, and that's why there's all these millions and billions of followers. I think one of the most, I think she's in like the top three people on Facebook. I've been studying all this stuff, and I want to shoot myself in the head sometimes for it. But um, we've been, we've been, I've been studying like who's got the most Facebook likes on their account and their page. And one of them Shakira. You know, Shakira, you know, she shakes my hips, don't lie. Um, Some of you are like, I didn't want to see that, and I didn't want to see the Ohio State shirt today. Um, You got to see both. It's your lucky day. Um, But we watch these celebrities, and, and we think they got it all, don't they? I mean, they've got the fame, they've got the fortune, they've got all these cars and all these people they don't know that want to know them and people want to pay them just to have their face on a magazine and to, you know, wear these watches and to wear their clothes that we're paying, you know, hundreds of dollars to just try to buy one of the, the name brand clothes. And we're like, man, they get this stuff for free. What a life. They get to be in movies and yet, 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 yet. Well, look at all these people who we think are just these significant, amazing people. And they're alcoholics. They're drug addicts. There's divorce after divorce. There's infidelity. There's, there's, they're committing suicide. They're overdosing. And, and this isn't an anti-Hollywood thing. Hear me. This is to let you know your significance doesn't come through popularity. Your, your significance, your purpose, man, it comes from knowing your identity in Christ and being obedient to his will and his purpose for your life. That, that's where your significance comes from. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 through 24, it sets up a story of the first king of Israel. And Israel has been asking, they have had the judges, um, and Samuel was the last judge to rule over Israel. And and some of you are like, man, it wasn't a king, but he was kind of the man of God that told everybody what to do. And the Israelites were tired of this system. 
They were tired of that, like a bunch of UOU fans who want Bob Stoops gone. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not me. It's not me. I'm just saying. Uh, anyways. And, and we come to, they came to this place and they're like, we want a king. We want a king. That's who we want. That's what we want. We want a king. And so after all their begging and begging and begging, God says, oh, okay, that's what you want. Have it your way. And so he allows the people to, Samuel selects this king, and this is the person God showed him. And man, he has everything in front of him that could just, all the potential in the world. And Saul starts doing things on his own. He starts to miss his significance because of his disobedience. And he comes to this place where he wants to be, he's more consumed with being popular and liked than he is obedient. And in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 through 24, it says this, so Samuel said, and Samuel is confronting Saul because he didn't obey God's commandment to wipe out and destroy everything. Samuel says this, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Samuel's saying, man, listen to this. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as an, as an iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. And catch Saul's closing statements here. It says, then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have tra transgressed the commandment of the Lord in your words, because I, this is so, this is why, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. The message says this, I cared more about pleasing the people. I cared more about pleasing the people. I feared the people and I obeyed their voice. Here's, here's the question today. Some of you, you don't feel like your life is, is, is in its significance, that you don't feel like it's making a significant difference. Can I tell you and can I ask you whose voice are you listening to this morning? Whose voice are you listening to, because you're listening to something, you're listening to someone, whose voice is it? Because if you're trying to please people, man, I, I feared people more than the Lord, I wanted to please the people, you are never going to step into your significance because your significance is found in obedience and not in popularity. And I, I gotta tell you, just because it's popular does not mean it's right. And we gotta get this church we got to understand because there's a lot of wrong teaching in our pulpits and in our churches and in society that says if it's accepted by the culture, it's popular, man, then that's right. No, 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 no. Understand, just because it's popular does not make it right. It doesn't. And just because that's what people want you to do, is that the voice of God? Is that what God is calling you to? Because as long as you keep trying to please the people, you will sacrifice your significance every time. And Saul sacrificed his significance for pleasing the people, for being liked. And students and, and man, adults, do not sacrifice being the man and woman of God that God has called you to just to be liked by your peers and your coworkers. I mean, don't, don't sacrifice. God hasn't called you to be like, he has not called us to be like everyone. We are in the world, but not of it is what the New Testament says. Don't sacrifice your significance just to be liked, just to be popular. Because your significance comes from obedience. Parents, can I tell you? Don't sacrifice your significance in your child's life so your child will like you. You are not called to be liked by them. You're, if, if you read the Bible, you're called there to discipline them. That, to be an example. 
to talk about Jesus. Not to get caught up in the drama of their life. Not to be their, their buddy. And I, I, I love my kids and we're good friends and I, I love them, but I am their parent first. Do not sacrifice your significance so you can be the cool parent. Don't chase cool because you will sacrifice your significance for popularity in their life. Can I tell you, marriages, spouses, don't be the husband everybody else is being. Don't be the wife that everybody else is being. Don't sacrifice having a significant marriage to have a marriage like everyone else. Because I look at a lot of other people's marriages in our world, I don't want what they have. I want what God has for me, and that's significance for me and Casey. Can I tell you, that only comes when I listen to his voice instead of culture's voice. You gotta, whose, whose voice are you listening to? Because once we know our identity, once we're not struggling with an identity crisis, why would we not obey what he's calling us to? Why would we not obey the will of the Lord? One of my favorite verses in Ephesians chapter five, and I'm gonna butcher it because I stink at memorizing scripture, but I know where it is. It's simply this. Paul is telling the church in Ephesus, he's saying, you know what? Don't fool yourselves. Don't be misled. Don't live like the unwise, but like the wise. And own up to what God's will is for you. If you're going to make the most of your days, you've gotta own up to what God's will and what his purpose is for your life. And when you understand your identity, man, you understand that, man, I gotta follow what he's calling me to. I gotta listen to his voice because that's where my identity is in. It's not in being popular, it's in being obedient. Here's what Jesus said. In John chapter 14, verse 15, he says, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, Obey my command. Obey me. And we don't like hearing that word as adults, do we? <laughs> we like telling other people that word. Are you, need to, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you, are you listening? You know, eye contact right here, right here, right here. Everybody, right here. You listening? If you're listening, you're obeying me. And Jesus is saying, man, you know what? If you love me, you're obeying me. It's not, <laughs> it's not a popular message to preach right now, but you're significant. I'm more worried about your significance than your liking of me. And if you're gonna find your significance, Jesus says this, if you love me, then you obey me. I close with this, First John chapter two, verse three through six says this. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, John's, John's a lot meaner than I am. <laughs> that person is a liar. And it's not living in the truth. If you say, man, if you say you know God, but you're not obeying God, you, John says, liar. No, it doesn't match up. If you say your identity is in Christ, and you, you man, this is, this is who God has made, but you're not obeying him, you're doing what's popular. Man, something's not matching up here. That's what John's saying, I mean. But those who obey God's word. And let's pause here just for a second. Not the popular teaching. Not the latest book put out by a certain author. Not the latest trend in the American church, because can I tell you, we get messed up. But those who obey God's word. You know why we preach the Bible so much at this church? You know why I am determined and dedicated to put so much scripture in my messages is so that I make sure I'm preaching truth. Those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That's how, that's how we know we are living in him. 
Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Whose voice are you listening to? Who are you trying to please? Whose like are you consumed with? Because this is, this, is this is something we can't just, God, help me, help. No, 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 this is something we got to commit ourselves to. Daily, every day that as a follower of Christ, I'm committing myself to obeying your will and not what I want. Your will and not what is popular because I want to live a life of significance and not just a life of potential. Can I tell you that word haunts me? Man, he was so full of potential. You said it. You said it about other people. Man, they, they had, but they had so much potential. I don't want to be a person of potential. I want to be a person that's living my life out in significance. And Psalm says this, and I, I promise I'm done with this. Psalms 143 verse 10 says, teach me to do your will. Teach. I come in into your presence, God, as a student because I need to know this. I need to learn this. Teach me. Show me. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing, on solid ground where my value and my self-identity isn't up and down, isn't based on what I have, isn't what people are saying about me, but my identity is on firm footing because you are teaching me how to do your will. You are my God, and if I allow you to teach me, and if I start listening to your voice more than everybody else's voice, you will lead me to a place where your gracious spirit leads me to firm footing. That's what all of us want. We want this life of significance, but can I ask you, how's your obedience towards that? Because that's what it is. That's where God is leading us and, and wanting to take us. So can I just encourage you this morning, as I'm encouraging myself, don't come in stubborn. Don't come in proud. Don't come in to, to, to God's presence and don't live your life in a way that you've got it all figured out, but be a student. And come in and say, God, teach me, teach me this. Man, Teach me how to live out your, teach me, show me how I can be more obedient because I don't want to sacrifice my significance at the cost of pleasing others because I was listening to the wrong voice. I don't want to find my identity in the wrong thing. But let me truly find who I am and my significance in this life in you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. I thank you for today. And God, it's one of these messages just so personal to me. Because Lord, in, in the middle of being in mid-high, struggling with thoughts of suicide, struggling with depression, not having any friends, struggling with I had no value, I had no self-worth. I didn't know who I was. And yet, in ninth grade, you found me. In ninth grade, I stopped trying to be cool and to be popular. I stopped trying to live my life to please others and I was, there was nowhere I fit. And I finally just yielded to you and found who I was in you. And it was life changing. God, it, it rescued my life. It set the course for the rest of my life where I could step in significance not just in being a parent not just in being a spouse but being the man of God you called me to be
into being the friend that you called me to be, in doing with my life what you were calling me to do. Lord, the, the, I, I found that when I started following and obeying your will and listening to your voice finally. And Lord, in the midst of this world, in the midst of going, God, we get so busy. We get so busy people pleasing. We get so busy trying to be liked and trying to be popular and trying to do this and trying to make people think good of us. That God, none of that else matters, God. But I pray this morning, Lord, that you would teach us to play for an audience of one. The Lord, just when I played basketball, the God, I could play, but when my dad was in the stands, I played that much harder because I wanted to impress my father. Lord, I pray that we would have that same spirit, God, that we would play and we would live this life out, not to please the masses, God, not to be liked, not to be popular, but God, that we would live our life out in such a way to please our Heavenly Father, to live for an audience of one this morning. God, there's so many, God, we feel like our life is wasting away. We are in a crisis moment because we don't know our identity. And Lord, we're trying to find our identity and stuff and relationships and this escape and this hide. But God, that all is void. Lord, you've told us who we are. And Lord, I pray that we would take on our identity in Christ. Lord, in the midst of finding our identity, that we would step into our significance. Oh. Our significance of living this life out like you've called us to. And Lord, that only happens, that only happens when we listen to your voice more than anyone else's. If you're here this morning, let me, let me do this, let me do this before we get to the salvation part. This morning, if you're here, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, you just say, Justin, I'm struggling with obedience right now. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm chasing after the other things and, and likes and popular. I just need, man, I want to find my significance and my obedience. Or maybe you're struggling finding your identity in Christ. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? We're not going to embarrass you or call you up. Would you just say, Justin, that, yeah, there's hands up all over this place. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you're, you, you just, you're, you're missing it. You, you're just missing it. You say, man, I need, I need help in this area. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I love what my friend Joel LaCour said. He said, I believe God sees a raise hand and he changes their heart and I believe that's exactly true that when God sees a raised hand he changes their heart and if that's you just say man I need to listen more to the voice of God than the voice of others would you just raise your hand before we go any further you say Justin that's me that's me that's me yeah 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 Jesus I come before and you see what we struggle with Our, our nature. You see what we pursue and who we listen to and where we find our value from. But God, I, I ask this morning for every hand that is lifted in this place, we would find who we are in you. That we would have that aha moment. That it's not in a relationship. It's not in stuff, it's not in things, it's not in other people's opinions of us, but it's in who you say we are. And Lord, for those that, man, they just have been struggling being obedient. Oh Lord, and just doing your will. Lord, they feel like they're missing their significance. God, I, I pray that they would have ears to hear your voice they wouldn't sacrifice their significance for what's popular. But Lord, they would step into the significance and follow your will. That they would make the most of every opportunity, every day, by owning up to what God's will is for us to do in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray move in us today and change every heart by the hand that was lifted your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're here today and you say, Justin, I'm here. And you know what? I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. 
man, I, I'm, I'm here and I'm just not where I need to be in my relationship with Jesus Christ and I need to recommit my life. I need to start from square one. I'm gonna count to three and all I want you to do is raise your hand right where you are and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life. This is your moment. One, two, three. Is there anyone here? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one hand. Is there anyone else? You join this one hand that's lifted. Is there anyone else before we go any further? This one person who lifted their hand, and there may have been more I just didn't see. If you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give this one individual that raised their hand a huge round of applause? Yeah. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.